Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Relationships. Mention that word and Helen Juma jumps to her feet, eager to listen in and hold a hand. She is known for building relationships muscles in her clients. Helen Juma is a certified master life coach and certified relationships coach. She's a two-time best-selling author, podcaster and motivational speaker. Hi Helen, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. You're really welcome and I'm looking forward to our theme today of developing relationships that count. But first, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? All right, I can write a book on that, but I'll be very precise and concise. As you can hear from the accent, it's not Canadian. I was born and brought up in Kenya in a small town called Nakuru. And then I went to university in the capital city, Nairobi. There I got married and we lived there for about nine years before we moved to Canada. One of the reasons why we moved was better opportunities for our children. We had reached the top we could be in our levels of academia and professions back home. And we felt like there was no more room for growth for us, yet the economy was getting too demanding. We couldn't give our kids what they wanted with the money that we were earning then. So we moved to Canada, we applied. It took about five years to get the visa. It was worth it. Then we moved to Canada in 2013. Coming here, it was a totally different world. It's like moving from planet Earth to Mars or the other way around. We had come from a place of hustle and bustle, warm city, organic food, Lots of uh, noise to a place that's a bit quiet, often cold, very cold, and with a lot of structure, which we missed back home. Back home, there was no structure. Everything was try your luck here and there. But here there is structure. And that's one thing I love about Canada. There is structure. There is everything that you need, but within the confines of a good structure. So here... Corruption is minimum. I know there is no way you can say there's no corruption. It's minimum. In my country, corruption is everybody's middle name. So when I came here, we saw good opportunities for our children. They are doing well. And although I was a teacher back home, a career counselor, I taught French and business studies. I came here. There was no place for me to work. They were already maxed out with teachers. And the waiting line was two years subject to availability. So I was, t- I was torn between waiting for two years to go to the passion, the course or the profession that I really love, being a teacher, or doing business while I wait. So my husband and I sat down, planned, wrote a strategic plan, got some funding, started a business. And the business ended up being way more rewarding than being a teacher. So what did we do? We became business partners. (laughs) So we have been doing that since 2014 to date. We are still running that business. It's a cleaning business. But 
You know how they say, if you have been called to do something, you can never run away from it. Teaching, counseling, and guiding is at the core of my heart. I love seeing people get transformed and become better. And I like seeing the light bulb go off poop when you tell someone something that they are capable of doing and they realize that they're able to. I miss that part. Business is good. The money is good. The profits are good. But I still miss that part of changing human beings into better persons. So I enrolled in a coaching course. I became certified in life coach. And I also loved relationships because I feel deep in my heart, if you come from a good relationship, you're most likely to establish good relationships all through your life. But if you come from broken relationships, you end up struggling to grow yourself into positive ones. You really have a lot of baggage to shed and to grow yourself into a different person. So I went, I ended up doing marriage and relationship uh, certification as a coach. And with that, I sat down passionately, wrote a book about marriage, and it did well. And then I started coaching people on marriage. As I was coaching people on marriage, I realized there's something I hadn't done. I assumed that everyone who came to marriage was clean. And when they get into the relationship of marriage, they didn't come with baggage. I realized I was wrong because every time I coach people, I ended up opening other Pandora boxes that I was not aware, I was not ready for. So what did I do? Went back to the drawing board, wrote another book called Popstar. It's about mending the number one relationship, the relationship with yourself. So that book focuses on making you the person that you're supposed to be so that you can be ready to share yourself as a good person in the world. Uh, so I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Helen. I love it how you call it your calling too, because it is something that I, a lot of us who are coaches had that calling to help people. And we do have certain areas of expertise or where we are called to, like that passion for um, obviously relationships is what's been calling to you and you're yeah. right it's not just marriage and that is it it's relationships with other people it's that relationship with yourself that dictates how we are with everything in our lives yes so do you want to tell I us a bit more about you know when you're developing that relationship is that where you start with when you talk to say your clients or with people is you find out what's going on for them first before they start trying to fix whatever else is going on with other relationships yeah there are people who love to talk about relationships from the perspective of others. Like when, if you're a client, if you're, let's say, for example, you're a business person, you and I do business. And, you know, most of the time when we are dealing with clients, we tend to look at what is wrong with them or what needs to be fixed in them. Sometimes we are the problem. We're not the ones who need to fix them, but we need to fix ourselves first. And like they say in relationships, you, they mirror you. Whatever comes to you is a mirror. If you are in a bad relationship, before you say that that person is bad or that client is bad or that customer is bad or my boss is bad, first of all, look at yourself to make sure that you are not encouraging that or that relationship is not mirroring yourself. Some of us walk pointing people with the, what do we call them, logs, but we have one in our eyes 
<laughs> so we need to remove that one first. So when I'm teaching people about relationship or rather coaching, I like using teaching because it's the same. I try to tell them first, before we decide to solve the problem that's on the table, let's all go back to ourselves, look inwards and see what are we about? Who are we? What's right with us? And I tell people, write down, write down what you think is right with you and what you think can be, can be, not I'm saying it is, can be made better in your side. And you realize what comes out, they always end up finding that they are the source of the problem most of the time. So when it comes to relationships coaching, I end up having an easier time when both parties do a self-diagnosis. And it's fun. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. I think it's a great exercise to do because a lot of people go, oh, I don't like this about me. Oh, this is my weaknesses. They focus on all the negative, don't they? But to flip it around and start going, these are the good things, they start, their eyes start to light up. They go, oh, well, I am good at this. And then they start realizing there's so much more about them. Yeah. Yeah. We all have, we are all what we call a kaleidoscope of talents, good things. And those things that you tend to call them weaknesses or bad things are not necessarily bad. You may think they are bad. For instance, there are people who say, oh, I talk too much. Maybe that's the gift God gave you so that you can be able to talk to people, share your ideas, enlighten others. And even maybe you could be the person, a very quiet person envies and says, oh, I wish I could talk like that lady. I wish, or maybe you're the quiet type who listens and you say, oh, my weakness is that I don't talk. It's not a weakness because when you do not talk, that is probably that because you're a good listener and someone needs someone like you, someone out there needs someone who just doesn't talk but listens. And it's not a weakness. It's a different talent for a different purpose. It's a different gift for a different person. I don't see people's shortcomings as they call them as negative we are not all 100 percent, but we are 80 in something and 20 in something else and that brings us to the balance of life there's someone else who is 18 what you're 20 at and 20 at what you're 80 at and you balance off life is about relationships and it's also about balancing those relationships when someone comes to me and they say they have a weakness I ask them, who called it weakness? Are you the one who is labeling it as a weakness? Or is it because people have addressed it to you as a weakness? And what makes it a weakness? Does it make you sick? Does it make you become very unfriendly or biased? Does it make you feel low self-esteem? Because when it it now becomes something that digs you down and makes you feel down and with low self-esteem, it it stops being a challenge or a, a, a problem and it becomes a weakness because now it's making you down. And it's simply that way because you labeled it as that. If you do not label it and you say, I am not so good at this, but I'm very good at this, it ceases to be negative. It becomes an opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's so true. And do you find that, you know, people do 
focus on these weaknesses. They call them weaknesses and that sort of thing because a lot of what society teaches us too because we're seeing things like on the social media that, oh, the perfect lives, the so-called perfect lives of certain people. So we compare ourselves all the time to other people and really how boring would it be if we were all the same, if we all had the same strengths, if it just would that be, would be boring very boring. We would all look like the same boxes of or what we call the Cheerios or break snack boxes. We'd look like the same in an aisle. No variety. Variety is the spice of life. And in this time of, we call it the Instagram generation, where everything is instant. You can slim yourself, turn yourself, make your hair longer or darker, dye your hair in an instant on a picture. People have often lost the essence of who they are. And that is the most important relationship in the world. If you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. You can't love your neighbor. You can't love your spouse. You can't love your children. You can't love your friends. You can't even love God if you're the type that says, oh, I'm a Christian. If you do not love yourself, you're an empty, hollow person. And due to this so much media pressure for this ideal person in quotes, we have lost the essence of who we are. We have lost the basic relationship with ourselves. And it is sad. It is very sad. I always ask people, imagine if the whole world was one color, monochromatic. How would that be? The trees, the soil, the water, the sun, everything would be one color. How would that be? They say it would be boring. Then I tell them, that's exactly what you're doing. You are putting everything in one color that you should all look the same way. No, we shouldn't. There is need for people to be plump, others to be slimmer, others to be lighter, others to be darker, others to have long hair, others shorter, others to be intellectually gifted, others to be not gifted at all, but with another gift, others to have vocal gifts, others not to, they can't carry a pitch, they can't even follow a piano note. That is the beauty of life because you appreciate what is in that other person that you do not have. Mm -hmm. I try to sing, but I hear the people sing and I'm like, wow, that is a good voice. That is a beautiful voice. And that relationship between that other person becomes strengthened by the fact that I appreciate them. When I see ladies, I'm, I'm African. My hair is kinky. When I look at you as Leanne, it's beautiful. It's long. I admire it. I'm like, yeah, that's beautiful hair. And I can acknowledge that. Because although I don't have it, it doesn't make me a lesser person, but it, it makes me admire and appreciate the good in you. you. There could be something in me you see. You also say the same. That the things other people have make us appreciate what we don't have and appreciate what they have and vice versa. Relationships are built not on uniformity, but on differences. If we are all the same, there's no need to build a relationship. I don't need you because I have what you have. But if you do have what I do need and I don't have, I will come to you, Leanne. I will ask you, Leanne, could we be friends? Because I need you to do this to me. I need you to do this for me. That is why God created us that way. And you can tell I believe in God and I'm a Christian because I believe in that. Whether it's universe or mother earth or mother nature, whoever you believe in, we were given those different gifts so that we can create relationships based on those gifts.
Yeah. I can talk until (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fantastic. I love how you explain it because it is important that we appreciate what other people have, not have the jealousy and the envy and all those sort of feelings. It's that appreciation that we have differences and there is beauty and so much more lightness if you can come from that place in your relationships as well as everything else. You know, if you can come from that place of appreciation or gratitude and just that belief that it's wonderful to have all these differences. And that we mm-hmm. are truly worthy to be different. Yes, we are. You remember the song by, is it Louis Armstrong? He sees the skies of blue, the clouds of white, the trees are green. And he thinks to himself, what a wonderful world. That's how we are. That's how yeah. we should be. <laughs> That's very different true. and beautiful. Yeah, and we are beautiful. I think everyone's yeah. beautiful in their own way. It's just finding that yeah. and believing in that. And do you find when you work with people and they start realising, you know, that I've got these wonderful things about them and they start, you know, loving who they are, how does that transform their relationships with other people? It does come in many ways. Um, first of all, when I, I'm t- working with people, I acknowledge their beauty. That's always my first point. I always acknowledge their beauty in the sense that not physical, but as a person. Beauty is not just skin deep, it's character, it's personality. And when I acknowledge that, and I tell them this is a gift you can share with others, they stop feeling that they are special or braggadocious about it. I tell them whatever you have is not just for you. You're a vessel, you're supposed to share it. So when I'm working with people in relationships and also you've had, like I've told you in marriages and businesses, I tell people, your gifts come to the other person or the people around you to share. When you keep them to yourself, you are selfish because they're not meant for you. They are meant for the others. It's for instance, let me give you an example of the same thing, a singer. If a singer is a good singer and has a good voice and never sings, sings only when they are in the bathroom, are they sharing their gifts with other people? No. But when they go out on a podium and sing and bless people and encourage people or motivate people or just influence other potential singers to come out, now that is something nice. I encourage people in relationships to learn to share their gifts without rubbing it off or on the other person negatively. Like for example, there are people who like to say, yeah, I can sing, you can sing. Don't sing when I'm here. You can't sing. Now that's negative. You have a gift, yes, but don't use it negatively. You use it to bless others. Use it to encourage others, to grow others. Because gifts are not just for you, they are for others. The same with relationship. A relationship, although with yourself is good, it's not just meant for you. You become a good person in inside out so that you can also influence others. That's why when I tell people, if you have a negative uh, attitude towards yourself, you're most probably going to have it on other people. It will rub off. If you have low self-esteem, you're most likely to go bringing down others because you do not believe in your gifts. You don't believe that you're good enough. So you don't want to see anybody else wanting to be good enough. And then what happens? You end up having negative relationships in your life. And you'll always look for people like you who feel they are not good enough to bring down others. 
But if you're confident in yourself, you trust in your gifts, you know you're good, you will be very, very fast to help others to stand on their own because you know you're good and you want to see others also grow. It goes that way. <laughs> I hope I've answered your question. <laughs> you have for sure. I love how you say it's gifts because they are gifts and uh, I think yeah. people should really appreciate they have got gifts and have got something to offer everyone out there. Yeah. It's, as you say, when we've talked earlier, is it's depending. You might be outgoing and talk a lot or you might be a good listener. It's just appreciating that and yeah. knowing to put it out there. What I, what I really would um, just like to end off with, Helen, is, you know, people are really, you know, enjoying your story and, and I really do appreciate that you've shared your story with us and just loving what you're saying. Thank you. Where's the best yeah. place for them to go to connect with you? All right. So if you want to connect with me or if you want to build a relationship with me, <laughs> you can reach me at Helen Juma. That's on, uh, on LinkedIn. Helen Juma, that's my name. But if you want to connect with me on other social medias, you can look for Guru Helen. And you can write me up on hello at guruhelen.com. Visit my website, www.guruhelen.com. So I have this book called Popster. This is a book about your relationship with yourself first. Because when you have a wrong relationship with yourself, you can't build any other one. You cannot. And you want to build relationships that matter, build yours fast. That's the first stone, the cornerstone. And then you build others around that. Reach out to me and we can share more on Popstar, how to seize your center stage. Thank Love you. It. Thanks so much, Helen. I'll be definitely putting that link into the description so people can come and connect and check out your book. So thanks again for a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Leanne. It was an honor. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Igniters, Helen's passion for helping us with relationships shines through. She asks us to look inwards first, as the most important relationship in the world is with ourselves. If you want to find out more about Helen, go to her website, guruhelen.com. For living a life of balance and adventure, go to my website, leanneblaney.com.